Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You belong to him. So each and every day you wake up, whatever state or condition or, you know, I don't know what it, what it takes for you to roll out of bed. Some days it's easy, some days it's not, doesn't matter. But each and every day you say, all right, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. What do you want to do with me? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? Throughout the Bible, there's examples of people trying to disprove the existence of God. They're still trying that today. But for those of you who have accepted God in your hearts, Pastor James is speaking directly to you today with the reminder that you belong to Him. Every day you are His, and He has a plan every day for you. It's up to each of us to ask God how He wants us to use each day. Pastor James illustrates that just like we pay taxes, we should also give ourselves to the perfect will of God. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter 12 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Should we pay our taxes or should we not? Should we pay our taxes to Caesar? There are multiple taxes during this time period. There's a temple tax and all that good stuff. But they were living under Roman occupation. Should we, as Jews, pay tax to this leader who is a Gentile and who is godless? In fact, he's not just godless. He thinks that he is God. Should we pay taxes to that guy? And they think they got him. They think they got him. I don't know how you would answer this question. Um, should we pay them or shouldn't we? And those are always tricky questions. Anytime somebody approaches you with like an either or kind of a question, it's just be, be on the alert of like, what, what's behind this question? But here they are, they, they, they come together. They had to, you know, go against everything that they had long thought and believed in order just to meet together as opposing groups to come up with this one question, this will get him. Because if he answers this way, then he's in trouble with the Jews. If he answers this way, then he's an insurrectionist and he's going to be arrested and the Romans will take care of him. We got him. We got him. And their human wisdom and human understanding, and they're probably like high-fiving each other and all that good stuff. And the Pharisees are washing their hands afterwards because we don't touch those guys, but whatever. But like, they're like, you know, doing all the stuff, probably celebrating in advance. And this response by Jesus is like classic. I, I wish I had a, 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 just 1% of his like, his brain power here, right? Like, man, I wish I could think like this, right? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy. He saw through their deceit, their phoniness. And he says to them, before he answers their question, why are you trying to trap me? Right? And so even right then, you know that these guys, like they're, that, that sick feeling hits them in the gut. And they're like, oh no, <laughs> like, oh, how do you know? 
How did he know? How did this guy know who we remember the story not too long ago when they brought that paralytic man through the roof uh, into his presence when he was teaching, and he, the, he had the audacity to tell this guy, first and foremost, your sins are forgiven. Nobody can forgive sins except God himself. He's like, oh, that's a problem for you. Oh, by the way, hop up, roll up your bed, and get out of here. Just to prove to them that he is God and he can forgive sins. These guys remember that story. And they were amazed by that story. And now they find themselves like, oh, how do you know we were trying to trap him? I'm like, do you not know who you're dealing with? Well, you don't. And especially when pride's an issue for you, it's hard to see Jesus. It's hard to see him working when pride's an issue. Why are you trying to trap me? It's just, he calls him right out. Why are you trying to trap me? And then he goes on to say, show me a Roman coin. Give me a denarius. Give me a denarius. Find fascinating about that is Jesus doesn't have any money. Jesus is broke. Like this totally goes against all, you know, those guys who like this, you know, the, you know, all that prosperity gospel stuff then Jesus is a failure according to their theology and doctrine. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. If he were to show up in that kind of setting, he himself is the biggest failure of them all because nobody had more faith than Jesus. And you're telling me in this story that he's broke? He didn't have a denarius? He didn't have one. He doesn't have one. Now, don't go to the other extreme where it's like, if you're a Christian and you have money and you haven't given it all away, then, man, you're carnal. That's not true either. We got to slow down, people. Like, that's just crazy. We love to swing from one to the other. If you have money because God's blessed you with that, praise God. Use it wisely. Use it for his glory. If you don't have any money, well, then I guess you're praying a lot, right? And I know what that feels like because I grew up super poor. I grew up super poor. We're, you're like relying on the Lord for everything. If you have it, you don't have it, hey, you know what? Praise God because he knows how to hook us up with daily bread. He knows how to clothe the, the flowers of the field. He knows how to take care of birds. You're worth more to him than flowers and birds, by the way. So he's like, give me a Roman coin. Show me a Roman coin. Show me a denarius. This is what was circulating around in Jesus' day. And when, an, when somebody took over another land, one of the first things, if not the first things they would do, was circulate money all throughout so that you had a constant reminder with you of who was in charge, of who was in charge. And they would also build statues and all that good stuff in, in different areas where they conquered so that you had a visual representation of who was in charge at all times. At all times. And Jesus is like, give me a denarius. Give me a coin. So somebody, you know, one of these guys, now these guys have the money because they reach into their pocket and they have a day's wage. And that's technically what a denarius is. It's a day's wage. So they, you know, flip a coin to Jesus. He's like, just give me a coin and I'll tell you, I'll answer your question. I'll answer that for you. Verse 16, when they handed it to him, one of the coins, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? He's like, whose picture is on this thing? Who does this coin belong to? 
Because whoever's image is on it, that's who technically it belongs to. Whose image is on it? And they're like, mm, I don't want to answer. Um, like, uh, the wheels are at full speed in their brains trying to like, think ahead of Jesus, of like, how do we answer? How do we answer? How do we? And they're probably looking at each other like, were you expecting that? I wasn't expecting that. Like, he got them. He got them. Whose image is on it? Who does it belong to? And they have to fess up. Caesars, they reply. And you know it took everything out of them to answer that way, right? Like it, Caesars. Verse 17, well then, Jesus says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God what belongs to God. Should we pay taxes to Caesar? Well, it's his money. You should probably pay it back to him. You should pay your taxes. Caesar is providing you with services. It's not your money. It's had his face on it. You should pay it back to him. So yes, you should pay your taxes. Now don't start squirming on me. Don't start. I'm not. Look, we're, we saved this message till after the middle of April for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know your business. I don't want to know your business. Um, the principle still applies today because that's exactly where Jesus goes as to the principle of the matter. Rome, they are the enemy. Do their views align with the Jews' personal views? No, they don't, not at all. But they're in charge. But they're in charge. And Caesar has his money circulating all around this region, and he's providing services to these people. And Jesus says, well, if the coin has this picture on it, you should probably give some of that. You should probably pay it back. You should probably pay it back. And we like to get hung up there, right? We like to get hung up there of like, well, I don't, I don't want to pay my taxes and, or I don't want to pay this much taxes because my tax money has been used for this or this and this. Jesus doesn't go into any of those details, people. He says, give them back what's rightfully theirs. Pay your taxes. And I, I get it, man. We've, you know, it, look, we don't have a lot to complain about in America. If we just take a step back and we look at the big picture, there are other nations that are like far worse shape than we are, okay? So perspective is key in all of this, right? Um, we live in a nation where we still get a say. We get a vote and all that good stuff. And you have freedoms and everything. Now, is aspects of our government system corrupt and all that? Of course it is. Why? Because man is involved, right? Anytime there's power and control, I can promise you this, humanity is going to look to corrupt that system. That's just who we are. It's what we're, we're sinners. But Jesus tells these guys, he's like, it's got his face on it. Give it back to him. Pay it back to him. And a good reminder for us is this. This, home, this place is not your home. Why are we holding on so desperately to stuff that's just, it's not going to last. We're, we're destined for a, for a new kingdom, new heaven, new earth. You don't like taxes here. Hey, guess what? There probably won't be any taxes in the new heaven and new earth, so you'll be set free. You can rejoice all you want. But the principle of the matter is what Jesus addresses, and he says, give back to Caesar what belongs to him. 
give back to Caesar what belongs to him. They were hoping that he would say, no, don't pay taxes to that corrupt, godless person. Because immediately they'd be on the phone. They didn't have him, but you know what I'm saying. Like calling out some Roman centurion saying like, he's an insurrectionist. He's trying to convince all these people to rebel against Caesar. And they would have, they would have arrested him immediately. They were hoping he was going to say that, right? And then they had the, the, you know, the second best option for them would be that, you know, he says, yes, pay your taxes. Now, he does say that, but in such a way that then the Jews who were following him would be upset with him because they're like, how, how could you tell us to pay taxes to, this, to these invaders? But Jesus goes right to the heart. He, he goes, he did, you know, from the, he dismisses the political and, all, and the religious elements of it as well, and he just gets to the principle. He's like, just pay your taxes. Just pay your taxes. If that belongs to Caesar, if it has his picture on it, then give it back to him. Then give it back to him. Warren Wiersbe says, the individual Christian citizen might not agree with all the way his tax money is used. There'd probably be some amens to that. I get it. Um, And he can express himself with his voice and his vote. But he must accept the fact that God has established human government for our good. It should be for our good. Romans chapter 13 talks about that. Even if we cannot respect the people in office, we must respect the office. Even if you can't respect the people in the office, which there's not a whole lot of those guys around, worthy of respect, in my personal opinion. But we still respect the office, and we, we still respect the fact that government is something that should be meant to do good for its citizens. It's protective. Police officers, we love police officers. Part of our taxes go to pay for them. Firefighters, and, and there's services and all that stuff. And I know there's other things that are added into there that we just don't agree with. Render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to Caesar what belongs to him, okay? Now, whatever your deductions look like and all that good stuff, not my business. Um, hey, that's between you and whatever, the IRS and all that good stuff. Um, they're, I'm not big fans of theirs. Uh, I've sat down in office with those guys before. They, because I was guilty by name association, my brother owned a business, Grizzle Heating and Air, and I'm James Grizzle, and they're like, you own a business. We want to meet with you for several hours. And I was like, you got the wrong guy. They've discovered that at the end of the hour, two hour long meeting, right? I'm like, I'm not, I'm, how, did you not know that in your notes? Um, not a big fan of those guys. Um, anyways, uh, but I do pay my taxes. I pay my taxes. I have an accountant who figures out how much I owe and, and, and it takes everything out of me to write that check, but I pay my taxes. I pay my taxes. Um, you know what? Because I'll give them back what's rightfully theirs. I don't know, and hopefully they're being honest. If they're not being honest, then may the Lord deal with them. The Lord knows how to take care of you. So the second part of that verse is what I want to really focus in on, and that's why we'll, we'll end with this. Give to God what belongs to God. This, I think, is really what caused them to be quiet. Show me the coin, Caesar. Give it back to Caesar. Now let's talk about you. Give back to God what belongs to him. We don't need a coin for that. We don't need a coin for that. 
Genesis 1.27 says that he created them male and female. He created them in his image. In his image. Image bearers. Give back to God what belongs to God. Whose image? Whose image? What's his? Your life. Their life. Made in his image. So we can get caught up on the financials and we can get caught up on the taxes and all that good stuff. But ultimately, the question has to be asked, am I giving back to God what rightfully belongs to God? And I'm not talking about tithing. I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about my life. My life. You and I do not exist unless God ordained it. Because it was God who fashioned you inside of your mother's womb in his image. You belong to him. You belong to him. And there are lots of people out there who are made in his image, and they don't belong to him because they have not given their lives over to him. But it doesn't negate the fact that they are made in his image. And what Jesus does is he gets to the heart of the matter with these Pharisees and these Herodians, and he says, Give back to Caesar what belongs to him. But you know what? Give back to God what belongs to him. And they would get this. They would understand what he's saying. Because they're not fishing around in their pockets looking for, you know, God's money, okay? That doesn't exist. You were made in his image. And are you giving back to God what rightfully belongs to him? In this story, these two different groups were not. They were not so caught up on trying to get Jesus and trap Jesus and all that good stuff, all the while, especially for the Pharisees, representing this God that they themselves were keeping back from him what rightfully belonged to him. Not just themselves, but other people through their false teachings and everything. Render, pay back, give it back to God. Paul would say this in the book of Romans chapter 12, Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service, right? Like, so offer yourself up to God, which is your reasonable thing, service to do. Each and every day, you belong to him. So each and every day, you wake up, whatever state or condition or, you know, I don't know what, what it takes for you to roll out of bed. Some days it's easy, some days it's not, it doesn't matter, But each and every day you say, all right, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. What do you want to do with me? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? Because I belong to you. Because I'm yours. And I'm just offering myself back up to you because I rightfully belong to you. Lord, have your way with me. Have your way with me. That should be the heart. That should be the attitude of of each and every believer. Lord, I belong to you. I'm made in your image. Like, have you ever stopped to think about that? Like, now you don't physically look like God. I hope your brain's not going there, right? Because that's not what it's talking about. And we can get into, into what that's talking about a little bit later, but for the sake of ending and closing this out today, have you ever stopped just to meditate on the fact that he has made you in his image? 
mind, body, soul, spirit. He's made you in his image. That must mean that he cares a lot about you. That must mean that he values you tremendously, tremendously. And what an honor it is for us to stop and and just to devote ourselves back to him. I'm yours. I'm yours. Lord, may your will be done. May your will be done in my life. You can trip up on taxes and Caesar and government stuff and all that stuff. Listen, the bottom line is this. We need to constantly be going back to him and saying, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, use me. This floored these guys. Just like you can feel the heaviness in the room now. I think this, this kind of floored these guys when he said this. It says his reply, the last of that verse uh, 17 there. His reply completely amazed them. They were not prepared for that interaction with Jesus. They were not intellectually prepared for it. They were not spiritually prepared for it. They were not prepared for this little interaction that they had with the Almighty. They thought they got him. They thought they trapped Jesus. But that little trap that they set up for him, they stepped right in it. And now they're upside down and looking at him eyeball to eyeball, and he's like, give back to God what belongs to him. Why are you withholding from God what rightfully belongs to him? would be the accusation that you could go from that. Give back to God what rightfully belongs to him, guys. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We as believers should look different, think different, talk different, act different. We are salt. We are light. Present your bodies back to him as a living sacrifice each and every day and say, here I am. Lord, what do you want to do today? What do you want to do today? There are plenty of opportunities out there for us to be used by God. There's no shortage of need out there. Um, If anything, our world has shown us that and has highlighted that for us this past week. When you venture outside of your home, Make yourself available to God. If he asks you to do something hard, something crazy, like talk to another human being, and I get it, that's hard, I understand, do it. Do it. You have no idea where that conversation's going to go. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. He constantly was you know, having this uh, communion with God the Father, all the time, all the time, making himself available to the Father. And he did everything that God told him to do. He said everything that God told him to say. We ought to be like Jesus. And that happens when we, pres- when we give back to God what rightfully belongs to him. So that's our challenge for this week. Present yourself as a living sacrifice to him. Make yourself available to God. Make yourself available to him. And I hope, I pray that you have just a, such a crazy encounter this week that it just injects like, uh, like, you know, just that caffeine shot, so to speak, into your faith because he's awesome. Jesus is the best. He's the best thing ever. 
We're so glad that you joined us for a look at the Gospel of Mark here on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James will continue to take you verse by verse through this New Testament book about Jesus. There's so much to learn. We pray that you've heard something today that's drawn you deeper into your relationship with the Lord. Do you have questions about what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus? Well, we would love to hear from you and talk more. So go to breadforthebroken.com and click on contact to leave a message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Or if you're in the Galveston area, we would love to get to know you in person too. Join us on Sundays or Thursdays as we study God's Word together at Calvary Galveston. You'll find service times, more information, and directions at our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We're so grateful for our listening audience. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you consider teaming up with us in a financial way? A lot is done to get these teachings out on the radio. And we're so grateful for those who feel led by God to contribute in that way. Simply go to the About tab on our website and you'll find the Donate link. We'd also like to ask you to be praying for us and for your fellow listeners. We can all use God's guidance and continued grace as we navigate this world with Him. Thanks for praying. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can also find it on our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for tuning in today to Bread for the Broken.